0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Zooming In Podcast, a podcast for the curious and creative, where we'll dive deep into photography, entrepreneurship, and life beyond the lens. I'm Brooke Garrison,
1: and I'm Logan Peck.
0: And today is episode twenty of the podcast. Are you excited, Logan?
1: I know, yes. Um, are we our podcast is a sophomore, we made it to twenty. I'm just kidding.
0: Sophomore year is rough. Oh my god. <laughs> <What's up? laughs> Oh, that's
1: funny. No, I'm um, actually. Our, I think this is. You know, we're close to being five months old. So, like, uh, so, um, you know, maybe we're, maybe we're experimenting with crawling at this stage in life. Um, not quite yet to the walking phase, but we'll get there. You know, we'll get there.
0: It's definitely <laughs> been quite the learning process, but um, yeah, you can say that again. Yeah, <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> If you know, you know, but. Um, what was I gonna say? I completely lost my train of thought.
1: It's okay. Oh. Remember, we get remember we can edit, so I can always take this out.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, we can edit things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm super excited to be back for episode 20, and today, Logan, do you want to tell us what we're talking about?
1: So today we are bringing you a photography-filled episode. Uh, And I'm really excited about this one because um, I think that uh, it's been a while since we've done an episode about photography advice or teaching about something related to photography. And being that that's at our core, that's what connects Brooke and I, um, I'm really excited to show you or I guess uh, speak to you about some cool tips on how to do some self-portraits with this extra time we have inside.
0: Yeah, and I feel like this is now more important than ever just to keep, you know, your artist's spirit creative and to keep creating even when there are so many reasons to not go outside and connect with other people. And because we have such a human-to-human contact job as photographers, we sometimes forget that sometimes all you need is yourself and a tripod and a self-timer to really make some cool um, art happen. So I'm excited to get into these tips today. But first, we have our trending topic.
1: Trending topic of the week.
0: Yep, yep. Okay, so I'm really curious out of all the Zoomers listening, um, since this whole quarantine started, have you, one, made a TikTok, two, learned a TikTok dance, or three, downloaded TikTok for the first time? (laughs) Um,
1: I'm willing to bet that a lot of our Zoomers have.
0: I have a confession. I totally have learned three dances now at this point
1: which three okay now, now you gotta spill
0: okay um so there's a one to the song get up by sierra which growing up the movie step up was my jam like i wanted to be a hip-hop star so i totally learned that in my room last sunday night and i have no good to know. good to know and seriously that ish is a workout my god i was sweating <laughs> i'm like i don't know how these girls do it and they make it look so easy <laughs> like trying to pop and lock <laughs> i'm just like this is a lot <laughs> Um, And then I learned the Funky Town one, which is basically like the Macarena, but then you hit the drums and then hit the well.
1: Then hit the drums and then hit the well.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, (laughs) And then another one, which is basically the same steps as that, but then you do an air guitar at the end.
1: (laughs) Okay, I can relate on that one. I can relate on that one. You look cool, Um, promise. (laughs) (laughs) Swear it's fun. I swear. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, and um, I'm, you know. I think that that might be an interesting way. You know, Brooke, you you talk about the dancing being a workout. Well, since we're all at home doing workouts at home, you know, maybe that's a reason why they're catching on more now than ever.
0: So I'm going to read you guys a um, a stat from musicbusinessworld.com. It says, meanwhile, TikTok's total number of U.S. downloads from the beginning of the month through the end of the day yesterday, which in this case, it was March 23rd, was 6.2 million, up 27% compared to the downloads in the first 23 days of February. So from February to March in one month, it was up 27% for downloads. So it's cool to see... Um, Multiple generations hopping on this app and creating something and bringing humor, joy, productivity hacks. Um, I love to see it. I don't know if I'll personally make a TikTok. I guess you guys are gonna have to follow me on there to figure out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Brooke, maybe we maybe we can make some
0: TikToks. Yeah, maybe from from two uh, different cities. For those that don't (laughs) know, Logan is in Jackson. I'm in Tampa.
1: Yeah. So, um, hey. The, uh, the magic of the internet plus video editing magic. Um, I said magic twice. I don't care. We can do TikToks together. We'll make it happen. Okay. All right, Brooke, get it on the game plan. For those of you that are spending some time on TikTok, you know, maybe uh, give us a follow. Give us a follow. Um, I'm at Logan Peck Photo. Um, Brooke, what's your TikTok?
0: I literally have no idea. Hold on, let me check. <laughs> um,
1: Brooke needs to go check what her TikTok is.
0: At Brooke Garrison 5.
1: Brooke Garrison 5. That means that there are four other Brooke Garrisons on TikTok oh, right now. stop. <laughs> so make oh sure you're following the right one, okay? Well, that brings us into our next segment of the week, which is our leadership lesson. So we decided we wanted to add some uh, leadership inspo to each episode just based on stuff that's going on in our lives, both professionally and personally. Um, so this week's leadership lesson for everyone is speak up. So whether that is in your professional life, when you since you're now working from home, uh, chances are your workload might be a little more hectic than you are used to. And when you're in an office and people can physically see you working and see how much you have on your plate, it's easier to keep your workload perhaps in check, but when you're now at home and people don't see you working all eight hours of the day or however many hours you work, maybe you work 16, that hustle life, which is great, awesome for you. If you're not speaking up and over-communicating with your team or maybe you're an entrepreneur and you have a small team, if you're not communicating more than you would normally, it might seem that things get get dumped on your plate more frequently than you would like. And so we want to encourage you to Open that line of communication with your team. Be honest with people. If you if you're finding that you have less work than you usually do, use this as an opportunity to speak up and take that extra initiative and find ways to make yourselves essential to your organization or to your team. If you're running your own business, um, again, I cannot stress enough over communicate um, because that way, if you're if you're in the position where you have too much on your plate, you can then scale back to make sure that the quality of work you're putting out is Your best effort rather than trying to spread yourself too thin. And if you don't have enough to do, then actively seeking out additional work lets your team know that you're really thinking about them and really wanting to contribute to the collective goal that you have set as an organization.
0: Mm -hmm. And I know this might sound easier said than done, especially for people who are new to their job. I know I Mm -hmm. personally am in the first you know, 90 days of my career with my company, yeah. but something that I read an article once, and I, I do apply this when I need to, is let's say that you are feeling like there's a loss of direction with what you're supposed to be working on, and there's so many goals that you have, um, and let's say you're really focusing on one project, but then um, your boss or supervisor asks you to work on something else, and um, the response that the article that I read was, um, I was really working on this right now, Um, how would you prioritize this or what would you like me to reprioritize so I can get this done for you? Um, And I think that that's actually a really positive and constructive way of finding out exactly what's going to make your manager happy, what's going to make you less stressed and making it clear that you're working on other things, but that you're going to restructure it to get the job done for the team
1: agreed yeah i think that's i think that's a great point because again right they're not seeing what you're doing at any given point in time so it they may they may come to you in this case right a manager may come to you with a task and say hey i need you to get this for me done done this for, i need you to get blah, words on a oh, sunday, sunday morning, morning. Your manager might come to you and say, hey, I need you to get this task done for me ASAP, but if you're working on a pending deadline that's maybe that afternoon or the next day, and you just say, sure, I'll do it, now you've got two things that have to be done ASAP rather than over-communicating and saying, all right, so I'm happy to help you out, I got this deadline of tomorrow, what, which is more important? Because now the pressure is off of you Mm -hmm. to choose which one to prioritize and you loop other people into that conversation to help you prioritize, right? So now the burden of making that decision is not falling only on you.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think sometimes it's like, I think that's on a a need by need basis because sometimes the bosses love to see you you know prioritize and make your own decisions but if it's something that is really going to affect the direction of your role for the week and you just really need insights i would highly recommend um if you're feeling overwhelmed just ask them um help on structuring you know like your top two tasks or whatever so
1: i think we can all agree on that
0: awesome well with that being said i think it's time to get into the meat of the episode
1: let's get into the reason why y'all showed up today yeah
0: Okay, I know we all know that you want to take some killer selfies, so (laughs) self-portraits. You know, I'm going
1: to, yeah, self-portraits, I would say, because this is, you know, a selfie is you just, you kind of just put the phone out and boom, you're done. This is a more creative process.
0: Yeah, I was kind of teasing, but like, I appreciate you (laughs) distinguishing the difference because- No, I'm
1: just, I I need to call out Brooke because she takes too many selfies.
0: No, I don't. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Girls can take how many pretty pictures they want. Thank you very much. Oh
1: man, we kid because we love.
0: You know, I'm gonna tag you in my selfie that I take later today. So I'll be like, just for you, <laughs> Logan Pack, just for you. So
1: hashtag expose them.
0: Um, sometimes, like I have, a, I have a perfect example. I did self portraits last year where I got my tripod and I finally had a Wi-Fi enabled camera. I had the T7I Canon T7I at the time. Um, so I like limbed myself up and sat myself in front of my couch in front of a window and I used my remote and I took headshots because I hadn't taken headshots in a really long time and I wanted some content to fill my blog at the time as I was dabbling in the blogging stuff and, um, I posted them later that day, and I was getting messages like crazy, like, hey, what photographer took these pictures? Like, who took these? And I was like, that's really funny, because, like, I took them myself.
1: (laughs) I was my own... is that the best compliment?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, damn. Like, that was really cool, because... The cool thing about self-portraits is you're responsible for the whole turnout of the image from the editing process to the lighting, to the hair and makeup. It's completely up to you, like you're the director and you produce the final product. So whether you wanna get into Photoshop and make something like wacky, or if you just wanna take a really nice photo, we're gonna give you some solid tips on how to do that today. Logan, what is your first tip?
1: So for me, I think that, I think that a great thing to to do when it comes to, you know, doing self-portraits is really experiment with different compositions, right? This is a chance where, you know, let's say, you you know, let's say for this example, you're doing them inside. Um, There are so many different focal lengths you can use to create very different types of self-portraits. You can do a self-portrait that is full body, environmentally based. You can do you know, wide shots, medium shots, close-up shots, and what we call extreme close-ups. And those are all going to give, those are all going to tell different stories, right? An extreme close-up is basically going to be just your face in the frame. Maybe even a little bit of your, the top of your head might be cut off. Um, A close-up is going to be like like a headshot style, like really just you, but then you also have medium shots. Maybe it's of you doing an activity that you really like, like you're playing the guitar or you're drawing or you are, putting glitter on. I don't like, I don't know, like go nuts with it. Mm-hmm. But I would say don't limit yourself to, cause it, you know, if you have, um, you know, if you have a, a zoom lens or a different prime lenses, this is where I would really get out and experiment with not only how does the different focal length change the environment of the portrait, but also this is an opportunity to learn how different focal lengths affect the distortion on a person's face. And oh, this is yes. a great time to use yourself as an example. So those of you who don't know, when you shoot with a wide-angle lens and you get really close to a subject's face, particularly your own, your facial features tend to become more exaggerated. Um, your, your, your face actually sort of gets this more warped look, and sometimes facial features like eyes, nose, and lips might appear larger than they actually are in real life, as opposed to using an 85-millimeter lens, for example, which is more telephoto, that between between 50 and about 105 is where you or about 85 to 105 is where you see the least amount of distortion that's when your face appears as true to life as it possibly can be Uh, so just experiment with it because sometimes those exaggerated features could be the look you're going for in an ultra wide portrait but just that's another way that i that is one way that i think you can really have a lot of fun with it
0: definitely so I guess the summary of that tip would just be like explore different lenses and explore different distances, correct? Agreed. Cool, because you could get different vibes for each portrait even though you're in one portrait session too. So I agree with that. My tip is if you are lost on how – to do a self-portrait and you just really need some inspiration if if going to a blank canvas and kind of starting from there is a little intimidating for you luckily we have some awesome creatives to recommend you today um Mm -hmm. the person that inspired me to start self-portraits is mark klaus m-a-r-c and then k-l-a-u-s on youtube and he Um, is constantly doing amazing artistic creative portrait photography. He walks you through his whole process and documents it up until the final result. Um, So, if you see one on there that you really like, I highly recommend him. In addition to that, someone else who's amazing at um, self-portraits is at Jillian Lee Photo and we'll tag her in the show notes. Um, And there's one other one, Holly Rose Stones. She does... um, you know, 10 days with Holly where every day is a different challenge and she gives you a theme and like people all over the world participate, but you should definitely check out her Instagram as well for some inspiration. Um, But with that being said, once you go look how other people are doing it, have a uh, a notepad nearby and kind of take note about what are some concepts that you would like to try, um, what are some things that they didn't do that you would like to do, um, and just draw inspiration from that and then start to sketch it out.
1: All right. Awesome. Yeah. I think, I think, um, sketch it out and really planning for these, it really can't be, uh, overstated because it's so, it's so easy to want to jump right to the end and have that awesomely done, um, perfectly edited, perfectly lit portrait with that tells a story. Um, and that's what we really are talking about here, right? Is how, you know, photos at the end of the day are supposed to tell a unique story. So I, I think that we got to reiterate that whole concept of sketching it out and you don't have to be like if drawing is your thing and you're actually drawing portraits that's really cool too but if you're not that if you're not artistically talented in that aspect do stick figures and just mm-hmm. and you know do like basic shading to to cover uh the way the the way you want the light to be hitting your face or if or and actually right you know these these can also be extended to if you have other people that are in your home during this quarantine time feel free to use them as subjects as well. Um, we just want to make sure that everybody is not going out and meeting other people and that people are actually staying in their homes. But if there's other people available to you, then use what you have.
0: Mhm. Definitely.
1: I think well, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, and speaking of using what we have, uh, one of the tips we have on here is use props. Logan, do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I touched a little bit on this in our in the previous step about practicing with different compositions. But uh, you know, if you are, you know, if you if you have objects in your home, you can use those to add artistic um, elements to your photos. Like something that, um, for example, a really cool shot that I think that all you need is a desk yourself and a pencil and a piece of paper would be if you had a camera with a wide angle lens pointed down at the pencil and the pencil was in focus and you were sort of in the background out of focus, but you were really in thought and you could literally just be writing words on a piece of paper. That in and of itself is a portrait. And -hmm. all you used was a piece of paper, a pencil, yourself and a desk, which hopefully, you know, that those are pretty common household items that you would have. Um, and and you can go from things that are really basic like that to to taking elements and putting them into your image to add sort of that background and foreground so one of the one of the things that I think with um, with portraits that really helps is having a um, having things that are set up in your environment to keep your composition balanced so if you are pushed to the right or left side of your image maybe you have a uh, Maybe you have like uh, I don't know something that's oddly colored, like a book that's on the other side that's like hanging off of a wall, or like a book that's frozen in midair that's supposed to be falling. Really go nuts with it uh, and and create some awesome, you know, create some awesome new worlds.
0: Awesome, yeah. For me, these are just a couple ideas of props that really get me inspired. So I want to share them with the Zoomers today to see if they have any around their house. But these could definitely certainly be. Included in a self-portrait and really elevate the look. Um, so, a stack of books, definitely. I always have this dream of, like, photoshopping myself down onto the pages of a book. I haven't done it yet, but it's something I do want to do. Also, if you have plants around your house, that's a great backdrop to sit in front of. That's something you can play with the leaves or the fronds on it. Um, in addition to that, i um, Something that I have is a bunch of like old pageant crowns and stuff. So I've always wanted to do like a um, fantasy style, like uh, queen thing in, the, in my backyard and make it look like an enchanted garden. Your ordinary objects and what you could do to make an extraordinary piece of
1: art. Yeah. Um, one other idea that I just remembered because um, I saw another photographer make a video um, about this. His name is Tyler Babin. He uh, he created a uh, a photo where he took he like the the prop that he used was a, a film camera, so he took a yes. film camera. Oh my god, I put love his, that. Put his digital camera on a tripod to actually take the photos. Took a portrait of himself, left the camera in the same spot, and then held the film camera in a bunch of different positions, and then basically mm-hmm. photoshopped himself out so it looked like there were a bunch of different cameras floating around him in space, mm-hmm. um, and it looked very photorealistic because. If you don't move the camera and you don't change the lighting, then all of the shadows and everything makes sense on it, which takes a lot of the hard work out of those photorealistic surreal compositions that people make in Photoshop.
0: Yeah, and you know, so many people listening—they probably were like, "What the heck is a self-portrait?" And now that we're talking about it, they probably realize they've seen it on their Instagram feed more than they realize. Something I have noticed a ton of lately is a bunch of Instagram ads where people are advertising different products using that same concept, where they're sitting in the middle at their desk, on their couch, wherever, and there's little arms holding the products all around them. Like I see it everywhere now, and it's so cool. Um, it's a portrait that I've always wanted to do, holding. Objects that all are symbolic to me um, so like a camera um, and like maybe a weight for working out but I don't know you just have fun with it you tell a story what story do you want to Ex- tell
1: right exactly I think like re- you know re-emphasizing that whole concept of telling a story
0: hmm yeah and you know one thing that I want to if you're not ready for a full conceptual self-portrait yet um you can also just get really really nice headshots or really good portraits of yourself Um, And here's how something that helps you feel comfortable in front of the camera is um, One to play music and just try to dance it out a little bit and through movement find some new poses There's no one there's no photographer in front of you that you're taking up their time The photographer is you which is awesome Because you just have time to kind of explore movement with your body and see what makes you feel best and just kind of get lost in the Creative process. It's not really about what you look like It's about how you're feeling because how you're feeling is going to convey directly on camera
1: yeah I think Brooke I think that's a great tip and you know this is an opportunity to take these tips when you're when you're practicing these portraits on yourself um, to set yourself up for when you're doing client shoots once we all go back to once the quarantine has been lifted right you know playing music during photo shoots is something that I've seen lots of photographers do and it really adds to a great experience that people can have and you know, you realize how much the music you have will influence the mood that you're in, which also affects your facial expressions, um, the type of poses that you get, making them more natural because if people are just kind of dancing naturally to the rhythm of their favorite song, you're going to get a much more genuine expression and pose on them. Uh, And the music can be your aid in doing just that. And I think that that's a great segue into my next uh, tip, which is self-directing so when you're taking self-portraits you are you know you're not taking photos of somebody else right you have to be the one who's in charge like brooke said of the entire process from pressing the shutter to directing yourself to get the expression that you want on your own face it's good to put yourself in the position of your clients because then you understand what they're going through and why maybe sometimes photos that you've taken in the past don't come out the way you want or don't have that genuine expression that you're looking for you're in you're in their position and you realize just how hard it is like to make yourself laugh or to make yourself feel good. So I think having that perspective when doing this is going to really age you again when it comes down the road when you think about, you know, how are these skills going to benefit me in the long term? This is how. So um I think music is a great way to help you self-direct. Um I think that uh experimenting with um you know, maybe you have Maybe there's a comedian that you really like to watch put on that that comedy special that you know And get yourself in a really laughing mood and then capture photos of yourself when you're really in that genuine laughter You know use the tools that you have around you to help play around with how you can better self-direct
0: Yeah, the energy that you bring to the camera is what is going to help you tell your story whatever story you're trying to convey Um, but in addition to that, and in addition to the energy that you're bringing, um, I just want to encourage you all to get creative with the clothing that you're wearing, the makeup that you're doing, um, and maybe even utilize some of the craft or costume supplies that you've, you know, accrued in your closet over the years. Um, because in this situation, anything goes. And especially if you look at, like, editorial style self-portraits, like, if you were to open up, um... A magazine in vogue and you see like a very dramatic winged eyeliner or something like if you're shooting the picture you're not going out to the grocery store after so like go for it try something new because that's what's going to make people stop and look
1: agreed um and i think that um i think always find ways to take uh, inspiration from the things that you like and um also a cool tip uh for those that are looking in magazines for photo inspiration if you're looking in that magazine and you think, "Wow, I really like the lighting on on that person's face," here's a hint: look in the eyes. Okay, when you're using when you're using uh, external lighting, that we have what's called catch lights in the eyes, and it actually it will show. It's basically a reflection of the shape of the light that that person or that photographer used to light that person. That will indicate to you where the light is being placed in relation to the subject. That is an awesome way to figure out how to replicate uh, professional lighting techniques that you see in these photos. Look for the catch lights in the eye. If you see if you see one catch light, that means they probably used one big light source. If you see multiple catch lights, it's probably because they used multiple lights on opposite sides of the face. Um, and that's a great way to also get experimenting and also find ways that you can learn from what you have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And... Um, I think that leads me into my next tip which is sit in front of a window or a blank wall outside. Um, I think a blank wall outside is a great starting place if you're going to be erasing a background of any kind or if you'd like to adjust the color. Um, That's a really simple way to dip your toes in the self-portrait water and help um, add some art into it in post. Um, But in addition to that, if you have a mirror or a white surface, a white poster board, or a light reflector. If you're a photographer like me, play around with different angles that you can prop it up near your your tripod, um, and that's actually helped me get some really good self portraits before. So
1: yeah, and I think the that uh, Brooke you touched on something that's a really great segue about sitting in front of a blank wall, um, in relation to creating new worlds in Photoshop, right? If you want to be able to cut yourself out um, and place yourself in a really surrealistic composition, um, like shrinking yourself down on top of a book, like Brooke suggested, or actually making yourself larger than life. Um, and basically you can walk through a major city or something like that. Mm-hmm. This is how you can do that because one of the, one of the key things you need, um, and uh, what they use for a lot, what they use a lot in movies for, uh, is green screen techniques. So they'll basically put a giant green blanket behind the action and, which allows them to easily key out or cut out that everything, you know, cut out everything that isn't that color green, and then put anything they want behind it. So the the more flat or blank that wall is, and and also the if it's it's also better if it's a color that you're not wearing or a color that is different from human skin color or hair color, it'll make it much easier for you to do that to do that cutout, especially of the hair. But then when it comes to where you what you do once you do that cutout you know, really go nuts with it. Do sky replacements, you know, create an entire world. Think about if you're going to, if you want to place yourself entirely in a different environment, make sure that the, that the photo includes you from head to toe so that way you can do that. Um, and then I would recommend that what you do, uh, one of the things that really helps sell the, the surreal composition is making sure that your lighting and shadows match. Mm -hmm. So I really would encourage you to look up dodging and burning tutorials in Mm -hmm. Photoshop to help you improve your skills so that way you can say, I don't know, take a photo of yourself outside your house, but then Photoshop it into the desert, for example.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think a good way to get these photos that you're going to want to bring into post is just my rule of thumb is when you think you've taken enough, take more. Um, When you think you've gotten the shot, take a couple more because if you're looking at the viewfinder and you like what you see, um, just try to keep that energy going for as long as you can. I'm all about being efficient, but there's nothing worse than blowing it up on a big screen and realizing it's slightly out of focus or um, you wish you would have just moved your face a little bit to the left or whatever. So, um, just make sure you give yourself a lot of different options
1: agreed and that goes back to the environmental tip or the focal length tip that i gave before right if you if you like a location do a wide shot do a medium shot do a close up shot and also this really th- this really is a two parter tip right think about how your depth of field is going to affect the type of image that you are creating. If you want to be able to cut yourself out of the image, I don't recommend shooting at a super wide aperture because you want your entire body to be sharpened in focus. Mm -hmm. And I guess it really all depends where you're going to be placing yourself. Chances are, right, if you're taking that image in in front of a blank wall or backdrop that's close to you, shooting a really wide aperture isn't necessarily going to help create a um, in effect because your background is right behind you. If you are trying to take, you know a you know, a room style portrait and you want to be the focal point of the image and you want to uh, you want people to be able to see your room or your desk or your setup behind you, then that's when I would suggest shooting with a wider open aperture because that really helps to that that's what creates that really um, awesome cinematic style portrait where the subject, in this case, you really just pops off the frame. Um, you know shooting at f 1.2 1.4 or 1.8. Um, that's a great way to um, to create images that are always very flattering. People always really like that blurred background effect. Um, and yes you can do it on your phone, um, but I would caution you that uh, you should use a real camera for this one if you want it to look right.
0: Um, with that being said, kind of use what you have. That is my next tip. If you have a phone and you want to take some nice portraits, iPhones these days have incredible quality, as do Samsungs as well. Um, if you're just trying to have a little bit of fun and try something new. Um, if you have a camera, dig it out of whatever box it's in right now. Um, <laughs> try it out. If you use a tripod, I would recommend using that for ultimate stability and just knowing that it's hooked on to something. But There were days before I had a tripod that I got a little bit risky with it. And like you stack up a few boxes and you place it there and you set on the timer for 10 seconds or five seconds or however you see fit. And that does the job too. No one's going to know any different really, um, except for you. Um, So yeah, use a tripod or something that mimics a tripod to give you the stability and kind of mimic a photographer in front of you that's actually just yourself. And, you know, depending on the camera that you have, that's what you're going to have to look into is... There are remotes that they sell on Amazon that you can kind of connect to whatever device that you're using and you can kind of hide it in your palm while you're taking photos and you can kind of be your own shutter. In addition to that, um, I use an app because I have a Canon and mine is Wi-Fi enabled and it's called Canon Camera Connect and that's how I connect via Bluetooth to my phone and I kind of hide my phone and hit the shutter button that way using that.
1: Yeah. And most camera manufacturers have, um, have some sort of way to remotely trigger, um, Canon, Sony, Nikon, Fujifilm, Pentax, whatever it is, most of them have that technology so that way you don't necessarily have to buy that remote trigger. Although of course those are available. Although, you know, I'm, you know, when it comes to getting stuff shipped online, definitely, you know, keep in mind that it may take a while for you to get it because of all the delays that, that we're having. Um, There's even a way that you can remotely trigger your iPhone. So, I'm sure a lot of people who have iPhones, a lot of people also have Apple Watches. The Apple Watch can be used as a remote shutter for your iPhone. So, remember to use what you have. You can also use, you know, like, um, you can also mount your phone to a tripod as well. Um, So, if you wanted to experiment with doing that, as doing that too, you know, again, using whatever you have, but also keeping in mind that stability is going to help you get uh, the image that you want.
0: It can also help you get the height that you want, too, because depending on how high or how low the portrait is, you can either look awesome or you can look a little bit funky. So um, playing around with the heights of that is also a good way to get your desired picture. It's almost as if you have a photographer that's, like, squatting down to get the shot and then standing up really tall to get the shot. So, yeah. There's more than just stability, too. It's also the levels that you can bring to capture the image.
1: That's true. Well, and remember, because you don't have to hold on to the phone, right, you can have both of your hands free to Mm -hmm. be a part of the image, to be a part of your expression, um, as opposed to the one-arm holdout that you have to do if you're just taking a regular selfie.
0: Yeah.
1: So definitely keep that in mind. Uh, I want to go back to the depth of field tip for a minute because um, I talked a little bit about using wider apertures versus narrow apertures to determine you know how much or how little of you is or how much how much or how little of your image has that blurry background effect um, when you're shooting with a wider aperture think about not only about the background but also the foreground uh, you can put an element close to the camera and still focus on your face but if the but if the object is between your face and the camera the foreground will actually be out of focus and that can create some really cool, interesting effects, especially like Brooke said earlier, if you have plants in your home, try putting the plant between you and the camera instead of behind you and see what the out of focus plant elements do to that image. Um, you can also use objects like glass cups, which creates sort of a prism light effect. Um, you can also use a prism if you have that, or one of those, I guess, lens balls that I've seen on, uh, on Instagram, which look pretty cool. Uh, just again, go nuts with it. Use what's in your house um, and get creative. Uh, take your, your phone, for example, if you're using a dedicated camera, put your phone on the bottom of the lens and use the bottom of the phone as a, as a mirror to create a reflection effect. That could be really cool too. I've done Mm -hmm. that sometimes when shooting outdoors, it mimics what would look like, what it would look like if you had a water puddle on the ground, which reflected everything that was above it, um, to create an awesome, um, sort of uh you can really tell unique stories when using effects like that so
0: i'm pretty sure when logan and i first met i brought my light prism with me to our photo shoot you did we incorporated that into the shot and the light prism is just like this clear um prism that reflects whatever light of the surface that it's you know pointed at and it added a really nice rainbow effect and it was just a lot of fun and it was only probably like 15 dollars on amazon um so yep yeah find a shiny sparkly surface and play with that
1: something else that i think would be really cool uh you may need to have uh the appropriate gear to do this although some lenses will let you regardless um think about macro photography in Mm -hmm. conjunction with your self portraits i don't know if you've ever taken a macro photo of a human eye before uh it looks really cool um And also really you can combine that with the Photoshop effect. I've seen people take uh, macro photos of eyes and then Photoshop them into photos of the ocean with water. So like the ocean or like a circular lake is actually the iris of a human eye stuff like that looks really, really cool. Or you do the opposite. You Photoshop the ocean into the human iris uh, and you just realize how much texture we really have there um, for the color part of the eyes. Um, You know, Take macro photos, even just of you know household objects. And again, you know, macro lenses are great for portraiture because they're really sharp and really meant for that type of um, crispy detail. So again, another another possible photo idea.
0: Yeah, there's there's this one idea that I've always had in my head. Like when I think portrait photography, and it just you just reminded me of it. It's um... Reaching for an apple and the apple levitating above it. I don't know why, but like I really want to do it. And I feel like for a beginner in Photoshop, an apple is really easy to, you know, kind of crop out the background for because it's some, it's pretty round. Um, And then just inserting into a similar lighting situation as well.
1: You could even do it, it's it's even more simple than that, Brooke. What you need is. Uh, is you set up the, you know, you set up your situation with you holding an apple, camera Mm -hmm. pointed at your hand with the apple in it, set yourself up with the timer. And in some cases, some cameras will also let you not only set up a timer for when the shutter releases, but it'll also take, you can also have it take one, three, five, or 10 images in a row. And then all you need to do is, is flatten your hand and toss the apple out of your hand. And then one of those images, it'll catch the apple while it's still in midair. Make sure your shutter speed is fast enough to capture it and freeze it in motion. And there you go. That's no Photoshop needed.
0: Yeah, definitely. Cool. Maybe I'll try that this week.
1: Brooke, I'm going to hold you to it. You got to FaceTime me though, because I want to see it happen.
0: Oh, I don't know. (laughs) We'll see.
1: Oops. Um, Just kidding. Um, something else that you can do is, I know we talked about a lot of ways to do stuff inside. Um, and I think that that's great because of the fact that most of us have to maintain, um, or have to remain indoors during this time. But if you live in a neighborhood where you're at least able to walk around while still maintaining an appropriate physical distance from others is, you know, find a place that's within walking distance of your home um, and use that as a way to get a unique environmental portrait. Um, I happen to live in a pretty suburban area. So there's, you know, I can walk down the street outside the neighborhood and there's just, there's, you know, I've got a forest with trees in certain parts where I can position myself to be sort of in the environment, um, and I've got this nice forest atmosphere. Um, if I get close enough to it, or if I take it at the right time of day, the sunlight will actually shine through the trees, and that creates a cool backlighting, and um, and you can create what's what they call the um, the ethereal sunrays. That's when you see images where the sunlight actually has light rays that you can physically see, um, and right. it creates this really awesome. I guess almost out of worldly perspective Uh, and it's just catching the light at the right time and also it's about editing the image the right way too so you know most of the tips that we talked about were related to the actual taking of the image but don't forget that the editing becomes a part of the process as well
0: awesome yeah and with that being said i feel like that is a really great creative challenge of the week I know a lot of us are cooped up inside right now. The time that I spend outdoors and the time that I spend kind of putting myself together, which could be in the case of preparing for a self-portrait, has really helped, <laughs> you know, calm calm my anxiety during this time. So I want to encourage everyone this week to um, grab a prop, use what you have, and to kind of go for a walk somewhere semi close to your home that's away from other people and take a super awesome self-portrait and let us know what you come up with you can hashtag um, zooming in portrait challenge and tag at zooming in podcast and we want to cheer you on um, even if it's just a picture of you sitting underneath a tree or if you want to do something where you build an entirely new world around you through photoshop um, let's show off the awesome talent that we have in this community and just participate it's so nice to be a part of something even though we can't be in the same room right now
1: agreed absolutely Um, and with that um, I would like to transition to our motivational quote of the week patience is paramount it's simple it's only three words but I think it speaks mounds to what everybody's going through right now and that we all could use an additional degree of patience in our lives because reminder, we will get through this. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when.
0: Yeah, and in addition to that, you know, as we are going through this, the new segment that we have, which is our table topic of the week, um, this is something that we really encourage you to take part in. We're really big on introspection here at the Zooming In Podcast. We're big on journaling and asking the, t- the questions that are beyond the surface level bullshit. And... Um, I know that there's so many things during this time where you can look and you just see absence, like absence of family gatherings, absence of being able to go out and do things, but so many things are present as well. So I want you to take a look at how you're living your day-to-day during this quarantine and what habits do you want to keep once all of this is over? That is my question for you this week. What habits do you want to keep that you're doing right now when this quarantine is over?
1: yeah have those conversations with friends family if you uh, if you have a particular answer and you want to share with us leave us a voice message we would love to maybe air one of those uh, question answers on a future episode of the zooming in podcast uh but yeah get a little introspective this week Awesome.
0: thank you guys so much for tuning into episode 20 thank of the you podcast so much <laughs> oh
1: i was like wait what
0: <laughs> um We are so (laughs) thankful that we've had you along on this journey. Um, I hope that you're learning and growing with us. I know we are learning a lot. Please connect with us at Zooming In Podcast, at Logan Peck Photo, and at Brooke underscore Garrison. Thanks for tuning in to Zooming In.
1: We'll see you next time. Crushed it. Crushed it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the uh, yeah yeah at the end for you.